The term Christian is interesting because it is the name of the religion that has evolved since the time Jesus walked the earth. As we know, Jesus wasn't a Christian. He was a Jew. And Christ is a title that means the anointed one. In the Christian tradition, we proclaim the uniqueness of Jesus. But there are all kinds of contradictions that seem to be front and center in the tradition we claim. There was a time when people would say, are you a Christian to me? And I would hesitate because the very ask suggested an expectation of things I wasn't certain of. The stories of Jesus proclaim a miracle birth, miracles of healing and impossibilities, a death that wasn't a death, and things I did know. Like whatever my positions were on all of those things didn't matter because people who were clear on those issues justified colonization and slavery. They supported violence through war. They were purists that seemed very clear about God's position on gays and abortion and the death penalties, the means by which Jesus was killed. These Christians, they weren't very Christ-like. You may have seen the bumper sticker, I like your Christ, I do not like your Christians. It's attributed to Gandhi. It's thought that it's actually not him who said that. Somebody else who made a bumper sticker did. <laughs> a more likely quote is attributed to Indian philosopher named Bharadatta. The full quote from Dada appeared to be from the mid-1920s. It says, Jesus is ideal and wonderful, but you Christians, you are not like him. I didn't know of Varadatta in my teens and 20s, but I kept sensing that Christians were missing the point. So convicted of the anointing of Jesus, they seem to neglect the call he makes, which has nothing to do with most Christian proclamations. Jesus says time and again, follow me. It's strange because it doesn't always feel like that's the central premise of the Christian faith. I couldn't easily navigate that disconnect, so I just decided to go with that basic request he seemed to proclaim time and again. Follow me. It does seem to be the most central and vital thing, and nothing else that has evolved since he walked the earth is equal in importance. My friend Brian Sergio, he sings a song that documents 87 times he says, follow me. Am I following Jesus or just believing in Christ, he sings. The term Christian, it's interesting because it's the name of the religion that has evolved since the time... Oh, this is so interesting. There are 16 pages here, and I thought, this is so long. And indeed it is, because my sermon just went over. It's like there's two sermons within it, so give me a second. I'm like, what just happened? I just thought, that's a lot of words. Anyway, okay, so give me a second here. We're going to find it. I have two sermons. Here we go. No? Oh, well, no, I printed it this morning. That's the problem. And when I printed it, I went to make it big because I can no longer see when my eyes are small. So, it may actually really be all over the place. Well, this is so strange. Okay. There we go. <clears throat> nope, there it is. I'm very strange here. Okay. 
All right. One. <laughs> Two. Three. This is not, we have a very tight service here, so I have to be honest. I'm a little concerned. Okay. Three. Okay. Um, my friend Brian Sergio, he sings this song. Am I following Jesus or just believing in Christ, he sings. Because I can believe in Jesus and not change a thing, but following will change my whole life. He never said, come acknowledge my existence or believe in me. I'm the second person of the, Trini se second person of the Trinity. But 87 times he said, follow me. It's a big ask, particularly because we can believe and we cannot change a thing. So these days, if I'm asked if I'm a Christian, I often reply, I'm a follower of Jesus. And yes, it is deeply concerning to me that there are many Christians who call themselves believers and never change a thing. Folks who look out into the world and say God would be okay with the order of things, economic systems that exploit the most vulnerable, corruption in our political systems, histories of massive human failures wrapped in our religious texts. Today's texts actually reference a time of empire. Truth be told, I'm not sure there was ever a time where the empire wasn't in full force. The Bible seems to tell story after story of power and greed, injustice and oppression. Specifically, the time of Jesus was in the midst of the Roman Empire, and in that time, today's gospel story is told where Jesus references the Isaiah text that speaks to the moment in history when the Israelites are under Assyrian occupation. Isaiah is proclaiming a messianic descendant of David who will shine a light in the darkness, and when Matthew quotes Isaiah, he seems to be speaking of the one we follow, Jesus. John the Baptist is imprisoned, and that means that John's ministry is in peril. It turns out that Herod wasn't a fan of John. John will ultimately see his demise at the hands of Herod. But in this text, Jesus retreats to Galilee because the other rabble-rouser that he traveled with, his cousin, has been imprisoned. He could have sulked into his carpentry business and said things will never change, but that's not the path he chooses. Instead, he takes over the ministry of John. He heads out to the sea where the people are, and he invites other people to the mission. He sees Simon and Peter, and he calls them. Follow me, he says, and they drop their nets, and they do. Then he sees James and his brother John. They were mending their nets, and they were with their father. We never hear Jesus say, follow me to them, but the brothers drop their nets, and they leave their dad, and they follow Jesus. This is it, the life of the one we follow. He's the guy who picks up the movement after his cousin can't. He goes back to his roots, and he gathers some friends for the journey, and they go out for healing and hope. They cure sickness, mental and physical and emotional. They preach the good news. The text says, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and sickness among the people. Every dis-ease and every sickness. That's white supremacy and misogyny. That's broken hearts that deep dive into depression. That's anger and frustration. That's greed and disregard for others. The power of God moves in human forms. That is the truth of incarnation. It moved through Jesus, and it moves in us when we follow in his ways. 
Recently, I received an invitation from Phyllis Utley. She's a community leader and a co-creator who does equity work in a group that I attend. It was for a learning circle that looked at community land trusts and real estate collectives. I have an interest in things that have not yet been imagined and an awareness that I don't understand so very much, so I often look for ways to gain understanding and more fully imagine future possibilities. I often do that when thinking about this building that is 15 Overbrook Place. I asked Elizabeth Eve to head down the mountain to Old Fort and attend the circle with me. It was hosted by the Mutual Aid Society of Western North Carolina. We listened to a presentation from a lawyer from Charleston about legal configurations for collective groups. None seemed to exactly provide what this piece of property would need to hold greater collaborative interests. Now, it may just be that the best legal entity to hold our collaborative dreams is church, but that's not a given. Especially because then it feels like the work of the church becomes a building and not partnership with other visionaries, helping to bring forth a world that lives justly, loves abundantly, and walks humbly in the ways of Jesus. Now, we were the only church there, but the imagination behind the varied projects were steeped in a way of being that is undoubtedly just and generous, and in that way, more akin to following Jesus than much of what we often exist in and struggle with or benefit from. There were women of color dreaming of just farming practices for their community, an Episcopal priest seeking to better imagine an echo farm in Boone. Folks closely aligned with today's justice move, uh, movement, um, they were there speaking about collective communities and protecting land. Another guy wanted to get together a mechanism to share tractors and big farm machines. Some other person had land purchased for education and learning and shared living, but he didn't know how to. At one point, he stood up and he said, I wonder if there are folks who want to talk about liberating land. My ears perked up. Liberating land, yes. That's an interesting way to think about it. Elizabeth and I received limited information that was helpful to us, um, but we also agreed that we were in a room with beautiful souls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now this is where the problem... Uh-huh. What'd you say? The funniest is I used... I one time preached on an iPad and it locked down in the middle of it, so I never did it again. So I will never be preaching ever again um, with paper either. <laughs> So that's how I usually solve that. Um, Elizabeth and I both agreed. Okay. This is, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth and I both agreed that the people in that room were phenomenal. <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't know if. Um, what they were dreaming of was the way of being community and being in collectives together. And the thing that they were proposing had to do with legal configurations um, that don't really apply to us. It may in fact be that the way we configure ourselves as a church is really the best way 
to be um, collectively in partnership and dream and vision and follow Jesus. I don't know. But I'm constantly interested. Because here's the thing. We live in a world that says um, what we have seen is all that we can be. And what we know is that the scripture details time and time again where the empire is exactly what is and people live in it and they love in it and they don't change it. The ways of following Jesus are indeed ways in which we will choose to be together in ways that go against the very way the world is now. We will find ways to do that. It will look like the funeral for a young mom. It will look like tiny houses. Uh, it will looks like, uh, look like imagining how we help our kids understand their own spiritual importance and how we help continue to cultivate it. It will look like mowing the lawn. And it will take all of us. Following Jesus is actually the point. I don't know if um, you're a Christian, and I don't really care. I actually just care if you follow Jesus. I hope you'll do that alongside me, because indeed, the light shines in the darkness when we do. Amen. Amen.